You're listening to the podcast from Withington Christian Church. For more information, visit withingtonchristian.church. I'm going to continue our studies in Matthew's uh, Gospel this morning, um, Matthew chapter 6, um, and the last time uh, that I was speaking um, I was responsible for speaking on on fasting and uh, uh, that wasn't a great one for me because uh, I I have to say that's not one of my sort of favorite subjects, I must admit. (laughs) Um, And so now I I opt for the one on on anxiety and worry, which isn't a great one for me either (laughs) Um, because I am a little bit prone to to that being that way myself. Um, And uh, I I guess that's just... uh, how we are, isn't it? Uh, sometimes um, uh, different people, different ways. Um, but of course, the scriptures gives us a good perspective on these things, uh, and so we are thankful that we can read this morning from God's word just to pick up on this subject. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter six, um, and uh, we will just um, pick up from verse 24, if we may, because there is a context, there is a, a connection. So verse from verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or money. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add uh, one cubit unto his statue? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which is, to, which is today, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow will take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day, is the evil thereof. And so says God's word. I've read it in the authorized version there. Um, uh, And uh, we're just going to look through this. I'm probably going to refer to it from the ESV as we study through it uh, and look at it. Are you a worrier? Are you a worrier? Do you worry? Do you stay awake at night, tossing and turning, because you've got things in your mind which just won't go out of your mind. 
Um, and you're thinking them over and over and over again. Uh, and you start to worry. You start to become anxious. And maybe even you start to experience some physical symptoms from anxiety, because anxiety has physical symptoms. Your heart starts to pay to pound and maybe you start to feel a little bit sweaty and maybe your mouth starts to go dry <laughs> like mine does when I'm up here <laughs> um, and anxiety is a serious business it's a serious business it's so serious that it can destroy someone's life it's so serious that it can cause someone to decide they don't want to live their life anymore it's a serious business isn't it and we live in a society where mental health is a big issue, a major issue. And we hear about it all the time, and there isn't enough resources to deal with the problem of mental health. They haven't got enough mental health nurses, they haven't got enough mental health services to deal with it. And it's young people, it's children, it's middle-aged people, it's older people. Everybody seems to be suffering with this problem of anxiety. And yet, you know, isn't it wonderful that God's word and God in his wisdom gives us so much about dealing with this very problem of anxiety because you see he really ultimately is the solution to the problem now I know that we need to differentiate between anxiety as an illness anxiety and depression as an illness and anxiety which is something that most people experience at some point in time there are people who have a condition of anxiety and depression coming from a pharmaceutical background um, then I know that and for those people it may be that they need some medical intervention to help them to deal with issues uh, of the lack of certain chemicals in their brain that's affecting the way they think and so you know there are some lovely Christians and they live their lives with the problem of anxiety and depression and for them they need to take medication and I don't think the Bible says anything against that because mental illness is an illness and if we have an illness we need to treat that illness um, but you know sometimes we uh, experience anxiety which is, isn't in the realm of uh, a medical illness as such but that it's just part and parcel of our everyday life uh, and in a sense uh, we're talking about that here uh, and in the context of this passage anxiety is associated with covetousness and we know that because there's a link between verse 25 and verse 24 the Lord Jesus is talking first of all uh, about what we uh, live for who we serve in our lives in that little passage beforehand are you serving God or are you serving money do you live your life to do what God wants you to do as Dave was saying very well last week um, is it me time or his time <laughs> I like that <laughs> I keep using that one Dave <laughs> is it me time or his time am I living for me am I living to get rich to get bigger and better big house a big flashy car nice holidays five holidays a, 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 a year you know all this sort of stuff am I living my life to be the head man to be the CEO of my company I want to be earning 200,000 pounds before I'm 25 you know are you living your life like that 
Or are you living your life for God? Are you living to serve him? Do you recognize you owe him all? We've been singing about it, haven't we? We owe him all. Because when we trusted him for salvation, we became his. He bought us. What did he buy us with? The precious blood of Christ. And therefore, we live to serve him. We live to honor him. We live to put him as number one. You know, when the Lord Jesus was here, he said to his parents when they questioned him about where he was, when they found him in the temple and he'd been uh, lost, and they found him in the temple talking to the scribes and the, and the, the teachers uh, of the law, uh, and um, they questioned him about where he was and why he'd done this. And the Lord Jesus, he answered this, he said, uh, I must be about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. Now then, whose business are you about? Are you about your own? Or are you about his? The Lord Jesus was about the father's business. We want to be the same. So worry here is connected with covetousness. Uh, and of course, what we want to do is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And if we're living our lives in such a way as we're concentrating and serving the Lord and our focus is there, then we will know a deliverance from the worry that comes with wanting and getting and having and not having and the worry associated with that. So the Lord says a lot about worry here. Isn't it interesting that there are nine verses dedicated to this subject? And the Bible itself says a lot about worry. Philippians chapter 4 is a great chapter to talk about anxiety and the problem with anxiety. It says, be anxious for nothing. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so that verse particularly deals with the problem of worry and basically is saying stop worrying and start praying with thanksgiving. Stop worrying and start praying with thanksgiving. The next time you find yourself tossing and turning in your bed or the next time you find yourself at work panicking, next time you find yourself driving along in the car or in the bus or wherever you are thinking, oh, how am I going to cope? <laughs> Just start giving thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood so that I might be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for how precious you are, the wonderful things you did, the wonderful things you said. Thank you, Lord, for all the provision you've made for me, that you've given me eternal life. And we begin just to give thanks and give thanks, and we've got so many reasons to give thanks for, haven't we? And that's how we deal with this issue of anxiety and problems. Stop worrying and start praying with thanksgiving and tell the Lord about everything. Tell him about the things that worry you. And he will meet you in your need. Um, and again, there are many verses in the Bible which deal with uh, this issue of worry. Uh, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So when you're anxious, panicking, oh, how am I going to cope? How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to pay the bill? How am I? Oh, gas is going through the roof. Electricity is going through the roof. Food's going through the roof. Oh, the world's 
falling apart, you know, there might be a war with Russia. Oh, <laughs> how are you going to deal with that? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, thou wilt keep her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. You set your mind on God's things, on his word, you give thanks to him and pray to him about everything, and you will know his help, his blessing in your life. The word worry actually, or anxiety, it means to be careful, and the idea is to be pulled in different directions. Imagine an individual being pulled in different directions and you feel that. And it's our hopes pull us in one direction and our fears pull us in the opposite direction. Uh, and uh, th this is the place that, of anxiety. We're being pulled apart. The old English root word from which we get our word worry, it means to strangle, to strangle. And worry, anxiety is like that, isn't it? Strangling the very life out of you so that you are hardly able to operate and it encroaches on us and it takes us over if we let it. And we mustn't let it because we need to have our minds stayed on the Lord. We need to be giving thanks and praise to the Lord. We need to be looking to him. So if you have ever really worried, you know, you know how it strangles a person. In fact, worry uh, has definite physical consequences. I don't know whether you've ever experienced these, but worry is associated with headaches. Worries associated with neck pain. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> it's associated with ulcers. People who worry continually can, can end up with ulcers. It can be manifesting back pain. Worry affects our thinking and our digestion and even our coordination. This is a serious business. <laughs> In fact, some people... Uh, who are affected by anxiety, sometimes they think they're having a heart attack and get taken to the hospital for it as well. So from a spiritual viewpoint, worry is wrong thinking, the mind, and wrong feeling, the heart, about the circumstances and people and things. That's what worry is. It's the wrong thinking, the mind, and the Bible says an awful lot about the mind, uh, that we are to be have a disciplined mind, that we are to be in control of our mind, that we are to take our mind as captive. We're not allowed, we don't allow our mind to go where it wants and do what it wants, but that we hold it in a disciplined, captive way, centered on the Lord, centered on the word, centered on prayer. So we take control of the mind, looking to Jesus, thinking on him, trusting him moment by moment, giving to him the issues, the worries, the problems, and then it's wrong feelings of the heart. Um, you know, worry can sometimes come when we have got wrong feelings about the circumstances that we're in. You're finding your circumstances hard to deal with, and my, it's not an easy place to be. And you're thinking, Lord, I, have, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. It's beyond me. Take me out of this, Lord. Why have you brought me here, Lord? And in those circumstances, remember this, that he is a God who is in control. He is the sovereign Lord. He's in control of your life at every moment, every minute of every day. And you are where you are, and he is in control. And you can trust him. He will never let you down. He will never forsake you. He will always be with you. And he will meet you in the circumstances that you'll find yourself in if you let him. If you let him. Give your circumstances to him. 
often difficult circumstances, teach us to depend on him, to look to him, to trust him, to turn to him. That's how we learn to seek out, to cry out for the Lord, to trust the Lord when we are in difficult circumstances. But he is able to deal with that. What about dealing with difficult people? Pray for them. Give them to the Lord. Ask the Lord to give you help to love them, to show the love of Christ to them. Things that come into your life, pray about them. Give it to the Lord. You know, worry is the greatest thief of joy. Worry is the greatest thief of joy. It's something that will grip you uh, and it will take your joy away. It will take your peace away uh, and it will spoil your life. Don't let it. Don't let it. Because we have the Lord. And he is an overcomer, and he overcomes, and he enables us to be overcomers. And we can trust him in the circumstances that we're in. And he will never take us to a place that he is not with us in. And he's, he'll never tempt us beyond that which we're able to bear. Uh, and that with that temptation, he'll always give a way of escape. Now, I know that that can be seen in the context of uh, sinful temptation, but also I believe it can be seen in the context of trials and tribulations of life. And so, uh, this is the subject of, of worry. So, the price you pay when serving and pursuing money is worry. Okay, coming back to the context of the passage, which is worry coming out of covetousness. When you're setting out to do your own thing, to go your own way, to become rich, to look after yourself, to get bigger and better, bigger and better houses, bigger and better cars, bigger and better clothes... When we're living for self, when we're living to accumulate for ourselves, and when that's our motivation in life, then what will come with that is worry. Worry that you won't have enough. Worry that you won't have enough. I wonder today, are you someone who's worrying about whether you'll have enough money to retire? <laughs> will I have enough to retire? Have I put enough money in the pension plan? What am I saving enough? I know people, Christians have got policy here, policy there, policy there, policy there. Ooh, policies everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not criticizing that because it's good to plan, isn't it? And we need to be sensible. But ultimately, God will meet the need if we're trusting him. He will meet the need if we're trusting him. Are we willing to trust that with him? Are we willing to put him first? Are we willing to give to him first? We trust him with our lives, with our retirement, with our future care plans. We don't know what they might be. <laughs> Do we trust the kids when we get old to look after us? You know? Well, when we're trusting the Lord, when we're looking to the Lord, when he's the priority in our lives, when he's number one, when he's first, then we know a peace and a calm. Lord, you've got this. I'm trusting you. Personal touch don't like to say too much about it, but uh, Alison and I uh, had come from maybe, me particularly, being a very materialistic sort of person, and then the Lord calling us to serve him on a full-time basis as faith workers. Uh, and I never forget the day uh, when uh, we started out on this journey of living by faith, trusting the Lord to supply the, the, the food, the money, everything that we needed. And one of the first things I did was, was the, the, the window cleaner came to the door after we started out with this. I uh, said, I'm sorry, mate, we, we can't have a window cleaner anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to clean the windows now because I can't afford it. <laughs> Is that trust? 
Is that faith? No. That was just worry about how we're going to afford it. You know, we have discovered this. We didn't need to cancel. In fact, Alison made me go back down the road and catch up with him and tell him, reappoint him. <laughs> She's got the more faith. Because, you know, we can trust the Lord. He will meet the need. And I'm sure you can look back on your lives here. You, people here can look back and see how the Lord has met you in your need. He provides. Trust him. Put him first. Um, another little story. I'm sorry for these personal things, but I can bring them out to be a help maybe to others. When we were first married, um, we uh, decided we, we moved south. We had an expensive mortgage. Uh, and um, uh, Alison was desperate to be a mum, and so we decided that we were going to have uh, children early. Some people have them later on, um, and, and uh, uh, you know that, that's that's up to the, the individual, the personal couple, as to how they decide when they want the children. That's when we decided we'd have them early, uh, and so we now got all our kids growing up. And, Yahoo! <laughs> and those who decided to have them later still paying university fees and all the rest of it. <laughs> um, but we decided to have them early uh, and we had a high big mortgage living in the south of England and thinking, oh, can we afford it? And again, I was panicking, we can't afford it. But we trusted the Lord. And that year, uh, I remember, never forget the performance review that I have every year. We had a performance review with the boss. Uh, and he just said to me, Wes, you know, we're really pleased with how you're doing. This year we're going to give you uh, a pay rise for last year and the year coming. Wow, double pay rise. <laughs> that never, never happened to me since or before. God is faithful, you know. Trust him. Put, put him first. Trust him. He will meet your need. Uh, and there's loads of other stories, of course. Um, so, but when we're living for, for ourselves, will I have enough? Trust God instead. He will always make sure you have enough. He will meet your needs. You will never go hungry. You will always have clothes to wear. And you will always have a roof over your head. Now, you might not have an Armani suit. You might not be driving a Ferrari. And you might not be living in a 10-bedroom house. Don't worry about that. <laughs> they just bring their worries anyway. But he will always make sure you have enough food to eat, clothes to wear, and a roof over your head. Trust him. And so, worry coming out of covetousness. And then another one, worry, you will lose it. Worry, you will lose your money. You know, you put your money in stocks and shares. I don't know, people, I'm not criticizing that, by the way. I don't, I'm not anti-investment, by the way. Please don't get me wrong. If you want to invest your money in stocks and shares, you do it. And that's good planning. In fact, the pensions that were all based on stocks and shares, aren't they? But imagine if you're living your life every day looking at the share price going up and then down, up and down. Your mood will be up one day, yahoo! The next day, oh, I've just lost 20,000 <laughs> pounds. Oh dear. You see how when we're living for covetousness uh, to, to get more and more and more how that brings its worry on us. Whereas when we're trusting the Lord and the Lord's in control of whether the stock market goes up or down and we're not bothered, we just leave that with him. He's in control of that. 
You know, he taught us in the prayer that we've been looking at to ask for daily bread. He has taught us that we need to ask him for what we need. Okay? You need a new car. Ask him. You need a new dress. Ask him. You need a new house. Ask him. You need food. Ask him. He's taught us to do that. And one of the things I've discovered about the Lord is this. He's very, very generous. Very kind. And we shouldn't live our lives with a prosperity outset because we're not looking for that, but that we're looking our lives for him to meet our daily needs. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And he is very kind and very gentle. So worry without making more. Uh, worry about making more. Um, you know, contentment is something that's associated with godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, if you're the sort of person who worries about your next pay review, you know, will he give me more? Will I get more? I need more money. You go to the pay review uh, and, uh, you know, you don't get it. That's just going to be more anxiety and more worry. Why not rather say to the Lord, Lord, you know what I need. I'm leaving that with you. I'm trusting you to meet me in my need. You know everything. And we learn to be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment is a characteristic of godliness. And, you know, if we are Christians, we're trusting the Lord, we're looking to him to contenters are we content with our lives or do you want more I've got to be careful what I say <laughs> because there is a sense in which we can find ourselves in a covetous situation where we want more and we want bigger and better and new you know DFS advertise a new sofa on, on, on the, the TV. Oh, I've got to have it. <laughs> got to have it. The one you've got is fine. You know? So we've got to be careful we don't fall into the trap of that. Um, and we trust the Lord to, to content us with what he has done for us, what he has given for us, what he has done in, through his son, the Lord Jesus. Uh, we can be content in him. Anyway, why won't more when everything is yours anyway why want more when everything is yours anyway because your father is almighty god he is the uh, owner of the, the universe and you are a joint heir an heir to god and a joint heir with the lord jesus so it's yours anyway so why worry about getting it just be content with what god gives you good way to live your life relax Chill out. Take it easy. Trust the Lord. Self-sufficiency from God leads to worry. We set out to do our own thing. We make our own plans. I'm guilty of this myself. If the Lord doesn't come up with what I need, have I got a backup plan? Yeah. Trust him. He will never let you down. He will never forsake you. He will always remain faithful, even if you don't. Isn't that interesting? 
he remains faithful. Why? Because we're his children, aren't we? We are his children, and he is a father who gives us good gifts. And so we don't need to worry when we know our lives are in God's hands, and we're trusting him for everything. You say, what about when I sin, when I make a mistake, when I go my own way and have a time of, uh, of, of backsliding? Then he'll forsake me. No, he won't. He won't. Because he's not that type of God. And if you are his child, he doesn't treat his children that way. He may bring correction in. He may bring trial and tribulation, but he will always meet the need. He will always keep you in support. And so we see that. Verse 26 then says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God looks after his creation in amazing ways. Look at the creation. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And God meets the needs of his creation and he will meet your needs. Luke eleven twelve reminds us of this, that God will not give us a scorpion. We are his children. He gives good gifts to his children. He will not give us a scorpion, but an egg. He's not setting out to harm us, to hurt us. He loves us. We're precious to him. He's precious to us. And so we can trust him to look after his creation. And if we're his children, we can trust him to look after us as we go through our lives. I forget the actual reference to it. There's a verse in the Psalms which makes reference to the fact that he will not see his own begging bread. He will not see his own begging bread. Trust him. Verse 27, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Are you the sort of person who's anxious about your body? About uh, how long you have to live? About your health you know it's possible to become obsessed by health worry about health constantly so we're careful about uh, and we have to be careful about what we eat of course we do <laughs> we have to be disciplined we mustn't be uh, greedy uh, as covetousness again isn't it uh, and if we're disciplined in the way we live our lives uh, neither should we become uh, panicking about our health allowing our, that our, the state of our health to, to worry us so much that it takes our lives over. We need to trust the Lord. Our lives are in his hand. The Lord has already set the day when you will go to be with him in heaven. You won't die because Christians don't die. They fall asleep in Jesus. But he's already set that day. <clears throat> and you worrying about when it will be or how long you've got left to live or whether about this illness and that illness and that illness... That's not going to add a single moment to your life because God has already determined the day when you are going home. Good to remember that, isn't it? It doesn't mean to say I can go out and have a cooked breakfast every morning. I might like one, especially at McDonald's. <laughs> doesn't mean to say that I can abuse my body. No, that would be wrong because that's gluttony, isn't it? And that's sin. Uh, but that, and I need to be sensible. I need to be treating my body with respect, not doing anything that would harm it, uh, that would put it in danger. Yes, absolutely. 
but not allowing my health to so grip me that it causes me to worry continually. Oh, I've got a pain here, I've got a pain there. Oh, what's that, what's that, what's that? You know, we've just got to be careful that we don't do it. In fact, that sort of living is, is a lot more likely to shorten life than to add it, except, of course, we know our lives are in the Lord's hands. He has appointed a time. We won't change that. So don't worry about it. Worry uh, is um, a key factor, of course, uh, in, in illness as well. So verses 28 to 30, um, and I'm watching the time, verses 28 to 30, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more, much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. So what's the problem here? The problem underlying worry often is a lack of faith, a lack of trust. And sometimes that comes, from, comes out from a lack of experience of God. When we know God, when we've experienced God, when we've seen God meeting our need and providing for us in different circumstances, when we're spending time alone with him, that relationship is building, and we know him as our father, as a loving father who cares for us, who will meet us in our need, then our faith grows. And as we see him, meeting us, being there for us, our faith grows. And that's often the key issue with regards to worry. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples um, in relation to the, their uh, hearts um, uh, about not being troubled in their hearts um, but rather to trust God. And, and that's what we've got to, to do, isn't it? To, that we're not to be troubled in our hearts, to be anxious in our hearts but to trust God the Lord. You trust in me, trust also. You trust in God, trust also in me. So the mission of our life then is to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about them. You just set out to follow me, to follow my will, to do what I want you to do uh, and I'll take care of all of these other things. You don't need to worry about them. Just trust me. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? And with this we finish. Um, and I was thinking about this. First of all, it's to know him as your saviour, to trust him for salvation. You've trusted the Lord Jesus for salvation. And then it's to set out to make him the priority in your life. Start your day with him. Spend time praying to him, reading his word. It may just be a short time, but just make him the first thing first person you turn to, the first person you spend time with. Um, and then it's following his word. As you read it, it's following it. It's putting it into practice. So when we read this in the Bible, about doing this and about doing that and about doing that, then do it. Love your brothers, love your sisters. Uh, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And don't tell lies and don't steal uh, and don't uh, commit adultery, don't lust. Uh, don't kill, don't hate. Um, and it's obeying the commands of Scripture, uh, as, as we see outlined in the Word of God. Um, and it's making yourself available to the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What have you got for me to do today? You're on a mission. 
You're his child. You're one of his disciples. You are a fisher of men. Uh, and he, and women. And of course you set out to be on his mission. Lord, who do you want me to speak to today? Because our lives are all about him. And when our lives are all about him, following him, trusting him, looking to him, he will meet all of our needs and we won't need to worry, we won't need to, to panic. We can trust him to meet those needs if we trust him, put him first in our lives. Uh, and so You've been listening to the podcast from Withington Christian Church. For more information, go to withingtonchristian.church.